And church, we are really blessed to have Pastor John O bringing the word to us today. He is a fairly new dad. Actually, he is just recently new this last year. Pastor Matt, who's a brand new dad, is speaking tonight. So don't miss that. But can you welcome Pastor John O as he comes to bring God's word to us right now? Be great. Awesome. Well, welcome. Um, happy Father's Day. Is everyone excited? Dads out there? Um, I want to welcome all those that are online as well, um, all the dads there. It's great having you join us. Um, can we just thank the band as well? I don't. A lot of people probably don't get to see a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, but this whole team, front of house, all out the back, roll in at 6 a.m. and they come and they want to serve. And one of the heartbeats that I love um, about our worship and creative team is is watching them before service just pray and worship together. Um, one of the guys will grab their guitar and the heartbeat behind that is that we will worship together as a team before we lead people in worship. And so it's a beautiful heart. So that's why I was just getting you to encourage them as well. Um, this time last year, I remember it very clearly because my daughter was just three months old. Um, and I remember it because there was not much sleep going on. Um, and I put up a photo of her, and this is what she looked like when she was just three months, just like that, like a landscape picture. <laughs> there she is. So still and so, uh, so sleepy. 12 months later, this is what she looks like now. That's like your Facebook version, you know, that you put up so everyone thinks your life's together. <laughs> This is probably a little bit more reality to it. There she is in everything. She's so happy because she hasn't watched the Broncos yet. Um, <laughs> no, no, we love them. We love them. I pray for them every day. Um, but she is not so still anymore. Uh, she's not so uh, loving sleep as much anymore. And um, here's a Father's Day example of what it's like being a parent and how kids just... Um, Throw curveballs in your life. Uh, we're in the middle of that, the COVID season, we still are, but we, um, we're in a season when we're in quite a, a large lockdown. And you'll remember that. And as a creative team, we're working overtime to get recordings and, and pull together services so we as a church could still meet and we could still hear from what God wants to say to our lives. And, and um, so what that meant though is on a, a Sunday night I would spend time at home and as a family we would watch the, um, the live stream and we would watch that and it was, it was great and what I would do is I was watching live stream I'd actually have my iPhone open beside me with the Facebook stream going so that way we could just see what, um, what was taking place in different platforms you know and just learn from that because we're really trying to learn and grow and, and try to work out the best way in order we can present the gospel. And um, the service had finished and that had wrapped up and I just, I'd left my phone beside me and it wasn't until later on I sat back down on the couch and I looked across the room and saw Sienna had my phone and she was playing with it and I was like, oh, I better grab that off her. And as I grabbed that off her, I realised that she was watching another church's live stream. And I was like, oh, this is good. Like, I, I like that because, you know, I mean, not that she had an idea what she was doing, but like, I love the fact of seeing what other churches are doing and encouraging each other. Anyway, as I looked closer, I realized there was a comment put on that live stream under my name. <laughs> and as I looked closer, and can I say, this was right in the middle of their senior pastor bringing a message. This is what Sienna had posted 
on my behalf. I don't even know how to put them up. I've been calling them, apparently they're called GIFs. I've been calling them GIFs. You laugh now. I was in a lot of sweating. I was thinking, um, here's a pastor at Bridgman writing this about another church's pastor's live stream. And I was like, oh Lord, you need to intervene. Um, Anyway, grace of God. I realized there was actually a watch party very small group watching it, hosted by a mate of mine. And so I quickly, like, oh, I quickly, don't worry, frantically deleted it. And um, I, I asked him, like, oh, mate, did you see that? And he's like, oh, it actually just didn't even really pop up properly, just there and gone. And um, I explained the whole thing. I called him, I was like, oh, mate. And he was like, oh, mate, it's, it, we didn't see it. It's, and, you know, we had a good laugh about it. But I tell you, in that moment, I was thinking, well, uh, my pastoral path is over. And... Um, <laughs> I'll be uh, mopping for a long, long time. But the thing is, this is what I've, I've learned after 12, another 12 months of, um, of fathering is this, all right? You can't turn kids off, can you? Anyone experience that? I'd like to turn them off, they can't. Don't let their cuteness and so-called innocence deceive you. You know, they smile at you and look at you with these eyes, but deep down, they're plotting schemes against you. Um, you require constant, they require constant supervision because they're like a human vacuum cleaner. You mean you leave something, they will eat it. Um, quietness is not a good thing. Sleep-ins, who needs them? Don't bother mopping floors because your child will try to recreate a pro-heart impression on your timber floors with every bit of food they can find. And this... I learnt that walls are not used for dividing rooms, they're a blank canvas for opportunities of creative drawing. Isn't this true? Are you agree? Is this just my experience? Praise the Lord, I thought I was gonna have to get help, but what has been affirmed to me again in this season? What God has shared with me again is this, life is not about me. Life is actually not about you. Actually, the Bible tells us that dying to self brings life and freedom. That sounds like such a bizarre concept. If I saw someone walking down the street and I went up to him and said, mate, you should try dying to self because you're gonna find life and freedom. I'm pretty certain he would think that I was nuts. But this is the mystery of the gospel. This is what the gospel is teaching us. Listen to John 12, 24, and you can, it'll be on the screen, but you can pull it up in your Bibles. I'm gonna read it from the New Living Translation. And this is what it says. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and it dies, it remains alone. So you gotta actively allow a kernel of wheat to be planted and die. Otherwise, that's all it will be but its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Some translations will say produce much fruit. And I don't know about you, but I long to see in my life a plentiful harvest of new lives and a plentiful harvest of much fruit. I long to see that in this church as well. Is that your heart? Is that what you long to see? Well, this is what it's talking about. 
See, we just finished a series, which is the, the invisible war, where we were looking at the fact that there is a spiritual battle that rages in the spiritual realm for the lives of men and women. That Satan will do whatever he can to draw us, to draw you away from the truth that God loves you, that he died on the cross for you through the name of Jesus. He rose again and you can be forgiven and saved, not because of your good works, but because of what he's done. But Satan is gonna try all he can to deceive you from that. But just last week, we celebrated our 28th anniversary and what did we celebrate? We celebrate what it looks like when God is at the center. We celebrate the faithfulness of God and we see the fruit that's been passed down through the generation. What do we celebrate? We celebrated unity, didn't we? We celebrated generational blessing where a generation has faithfully followed God and passed a blessing down and then the next generation has picked that up and passed it down. That is what we were talking about. That's what we celebrate and this is what John 12, 24 is talking about. That we need to be planted and die in order to produce a plentiful harvest. Now I wanna just say up front that if you're watching from home or if you're here and you are just discovering what it means to follow Jesus, maybe it's your first time you've walked in. Well, I wanna remind us afresh about this before we go any further. That when we believed in the name of Jesus, we realized that through Jesus' death and his resurrection, Jesus defeated sin and death, all right? We need to keep that at the forefront. And what he did is he actually released believers from Satan's power over us to be his slave in the way that we think, the way that we believe, and the, how we act. We need to remember that Jesus has won the victory. The battle is his. And he's actually released us from the bondage of our old boss. And now because of what Jesus has done on the cross, we can live and be set free under a new management, which is who? Under Christ, under Jesus. But on this side of heaven, while we're waiting for God's return, the reality is we're gonna continue to experience the desires of the old self that is always gonna to continue to rage. And what Jesus is inviting us this morning is inviting us to come to him, to die to self so that we could live in the fullness of God and what God has called us into. Louis Giglio, um, and some of you might know him, he's uh, an amazing um, pastor in the States. He launched a church called Passion City Church. He also launched Passion Conference where thousands and thousands of youth and young adults gather. And they, he was talking about how they'd, they'd finished a series um, in their church, a church-wide series, which was about giants in their lives that must fall. And so they addressed all these topics. They addressed fear and they addressed, uh, they addressed rejection. They addressed addiction, anger and jealousy. But what he did at the end of that series, he got his team together and said, look, let's just look over this. Have we, have we covered all the areas? And at the end of that meeting, they, they came to the conclusion, actually the biggest giant that must fall is self. Because in self, self is the common denominator to all these other things like fear, jealousy, 
addiction, anger. And this is what Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 to 26 says. All right, you listen to this. Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way of life. Take up your cross. Don't take up your neighbours. Take up your cross and follow me. Actually follow in my footsteps. If you try to hang on to your life, if you try to grab onto those aspects of your old life, this is what it says in Matthew, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Verse 26 says, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but you lose your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? See, what is Jesus talking about? What is he talking about when he's talking about giving up your own way? It's giving up self. The Apostle Paul in, in Colossians 3 says this. He says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the earthly nature. And then he lifts off all these things. He says, put to death sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, anger, rage, malice, slander. Put to death bad language and lying. This is what self sounds like. Maybe it looks like this in your practical day-to-day. I liked it, so I'll have it. Or maybe it's, it brings me pleasure. So what does it really matter? Or here are my needs. How are you going to fulfill them? Maybe it's, uh, it's my life. I'm going to control my destiny. Maybe it's uh, don't worry about them. Just get in front Make sure your career is sorted. The problem with this is getting life direction through the lens of self is like looking in a mirror. It's like looking in a mirror for your own hope. It's like looking in a mirror for your identity. It's like looking in the mirror to gain your life plans. You know what I mean? It's almost saying, how, how, how am I going to do it? How should I do it? What, what do I need to do? The problem is this is self leading self. And the problem with self leading self according to Ephesians 4.22, and this is what it says, is this. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put the old self off. Why? Because it is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. See, self, when it's self leading self, what actually is my deceitful desires is what is actually at play. And I'm trying to lead myself. It's not going to work. It's broken leading to more brokenness. And the thing is, and this is so much in my life, is where we think that self will actually give us freedom. In fact, what happens is the Bible tells us we become a slave to self. Think about this. Think about anger. Doing life based around anger. Maybe for you this morning, you think, well, my dad raised me with anger. So that's just who I am. But the problem with that is actually anger steals your joy. 
And it actually not only oppresses you, it actually oppresses those people around you. I don't know if you've experienced it, but it leaves you feeling heavy. It actually stills your sleep. It actually even breaks down your physical health. I don't know if you've experienced that. Maybe for you, you've, you've gone on and said, look, I'm going to do a 10-year plan and no one and nothing is ever going to get in the way of that. And so you pursue that because you want to make a name for yourself. You want to feel successful. I'm not saying 10-year plans are bad, but what's at the root of it? Because the thing is, if that's what your plan is and you will push everything and everyone else aside to get there, I'm telling you, you might receive that 10-year plan there's a very good chance that you're going to be standing there a very lonely person with all your material possessions. And if it doesn't fulfill you, you're going to do another 10-year plan. And what takes place is you forget, you don't realise that there's ones and twos beside you who God wants to use you in order to love, to speak life into, to shelter, to guide. See, we become a slave to our addictions. You know what I mean? Like an addiction consumes your mind, it governs you. You know, some people are like, ah, oh, just do that and do this, it doesn't matter. But the reality is, your mind every day gets consumed with what the next fix is going to be. Think about jealousy, it gives way to fear. It gives way to that feeling of someone looking over your shoulder, someone's going to become better than me at work. Maybe it's that feeling of inferiority, like no one talked to me today. I don't feel needed or accepted. Maybe it's for you, you're feeling like I'm not a good enough parent or I'm getting advice off other parents and they're telling me how my kids should be and so what you end up doing is you start pushing your children to excellence to make yourself feel like you're a better parent <laughs> but you end up just crushing your kids. And maybe even leading them in directions that are actually not the way that God wants them to go. See, for our freedom's sake, and more importantly, for God's glorious name, self must die. I'm not talking about wearing sackcloth. I'm not talking about being a pushover. I'm not talking about beating yourself up. That's not what I'm talking about. This is not what the Word of God is talking about. It's actually, it's instead daily taking up God's plan for your life. See, we need to stop coming to the mirror and looking and, and saying, how, how do I do it? What should I do? Because Colossians 1, 16 to 17 says this, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, the visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him. They've been created for him. He is before all things. And listen to this. In him, all things hold together. What the Bible is telling us. Have you thought about that? He's telling us that everything finds its home in Christ. Everything 
Have you ever just dwelt on that before? What areas in your life are we looking to try to grab hold on to in order to pull ourselves together, in order to make ourselves feel like we know what we're doing? But the reality is, if we're not looking to Christ, we're looking for empty things. And this is what Colossians is saying. It's only found in Him. He's the one that all things hold together. Because you only find life and freedom when you realise it isn't about you, it isn't about me, but actually it's about God and His redemptive story. The fact that He's forgiven you. He set you free. And then guess what? He wants to use you to go and do that around the globe. See, here is the issue. The created was never designed to be the creator. See, while we're standing in front of the mirror fulfilling our own needs and desires, we'll only become as healthy as our human wisdom can offer. Isn't that right? And our human strength can conjure up. That's all. While we're busy looking at self, we're missing out on the fullness of what God has created us to be and what God has called us to It's no wonder why as humans we walk around this earth feeling so unfulfilled and unsatisfied. Because I don't know about you, but I have this tendency a lot of the time to look to self instead of looking to God. I mean, that's why we can be on a mountaintop but still feel like life's an uphill battle. And the reality is there is a greater purpose in your life. God's got a greater calling on your life than the things that you might be currently pursuing. See, the reality is this. You'll only find freedom in life when you stop looking to self. And instead, you actually put a cross through self. I don't make zinc like they used to. Can you see that? Instead of looking at the mirror for self and going, John, what do you need to do today? How are you going to navigate this? Who do you need to get over the top of in order to get a better position? John, you know, like, how am I going to get revenge? It's actually not that, but it's actually looking at the cross of Jesus. Actually, it's not even about looking at the cross of Jesus. It's about looking at Jesus. The Bible tells us he is the perfecter of our faith. Listen to what 1 Peter 2 says. Because God wants us to learn from him. God wants us to draw from him. He wants us to be content in him. He wants to know our purpose and direction to be found in him. And because what his desire is, is that he wants us to find hope so that we can bless other people. Listen to this. So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, all kind of speech, like newborn babies. You must crave spiritual milk so that you will grow into the full experience of salvation. Not just saying grow into salvation, that's sorted, but what God wants to do is grow into the full experience. 
Cry out for this nourishment. Now that you have tasted that the Lord's uh, tasted of the Lord's kindness, you are coming to Christ, who is actually the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but God chose, but chosen by God for great honor. And now, here, listen to this: you are living stones that God is building into His spiritual temple. What's more, you are holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. At the bottom of verse eight, it says, they stumble because they do not obey God's word. So they meet the fate that was planned out for them. And verse nine says, but you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests. You are a holy nation. I love this, God's very own possession. Dwell on that for a bit. You are God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. See, once you had no identity as a people, this is what it says, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, but now you have received not just mercy, it says you have received God's mercy. And dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners, meaning you are just passing through this earth, keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among unbelieving neighbours. Then even if they accuse you for doing wrong, they'll see your honourable behaviour and they will give honour to God. Not honour to you, they will see that something's different in you and the glory will go to God. Paul in Colossians 3 continues and he gives us a response to that, you know, the dying to self. You know, he says, take off, he says, now put on. And this is what he says, he says, put on compassion. Allow the Holy Spirit to teach you kindness. Draw from God and get him to show you what humility looks like. Look at the cross, look at Jesus and, and learn and experience gentleness and patience and how to bear with others how to not hold grievances, how to forgive people as he forgave us, what it means to put on love, learn that from him. Peace, being thankful, loving the word of God. And then come and sing to the Lord and do everything in the name of the Lord. I love what John 7.38 says. This is what we have when we stop looking at self and we come to God. It says this, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. It means when we find our identity in Christ, as we allow God to kill off the old and take hold of the new, the Bible tells us that living waters will flow from our heart. Why? Because God is the wellspring of life. At home, is that for you? The fact of allow him just to draw out your promise, his promises for your life. And you know what? That is where it produces fruit. Because the living spring from God never ends. Life, we grab things 
It doesn't fulfill, so we grab the next. And I don't know about you, but I find that I just grab on one, doesn't succeed, so I grab the next. And before you know it, you spent years of trying to grab onto things, still feeling unfulfilled. But when you come and look at Jesus and not, say, um, not self, this living spring will never run out. Even in the despair of life, you come and drink and you are satisfied. And why is that? Because God is our hope. We have an eternal treasure and we have an eternal calling. I am so grateful that it's not me that has to produce this fruit. Because it was left up to my strength and wisdom. Well, we saw what it says. My own way is deceitful. But Galatians 5 tells us it's through God. It's through the Holy Spirit. And this is what the Holy Spirit, this is what, sorry, Galatians says about the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Produces love. It produces joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control because there's no law against these things. And this is what God wants us to experience every day. This is why it says die to self because it's only in Christ that we find this beautiful mystery. But don't come in your own strength. It's the dying to self and taking hold of Christ. We need to give up the self-promotion, the self-fix-ups, the self-made ideas of how our life should look and we need to look to Christ and Christ alone. We need to draw from his scripture. We need to keep being a people of prayer. I wanna finish this with this one last thought. And just... Uh, Sienna woke up in the middle of the night and don't worry, she does it quite frequently. If you're thinking she's this angel child, she's not. Um, but she woke up in the middle of the night and you get sort of a bit used to the fact that there's different cries. You know what I mean? There's a certain cry you're like, meh. And then there's certain ones you're like, ooh. So you know what I mean? You, I thought this was one of those ones where I'm going to go in there. And I remember going in there and she was sitting up in her bed and I picked her up and we've got a chair in her room. And so I picked her up and I remember distinctly as I sat down the crying turned to an exhale that turned to just stillness. And I, and I was sitting there thinking about that and then I, as she just fell asleep and I was in that moment and I was thinking, I wouldn't change this for the world. Like, I love bed, don't get me wrong. Sleeping is a beautiful gift. But this was a moment that I didn't want to let slip past and I remember thinking about, you know what I mean, like, you know, what I do, I do anything for him. But then I was reminded, God cares more about Sienna. God loves Sienna more than what I could. You know I mean, that's hard to fathom, you know what I mean? It's, once you have your own child, you sort of begin to understand that. You worry about their future, you worry about their health, you know what I mean, all these things. And as I was holding, I was like, oh man, God, do you actually love her more than what I do? And then God spoke to me in that moment. He said this to me, not audibly, but it just impressed this on my heart. It's like, Jono, this actually isn't your child. This is my child. And I've actually entrusted her to you to lead her to everything that I want her to be. Not, not how you want her to become. You know, not the 
highly successful, give her a high education, you know what I mean, have this amazing house, like, you know, you need to be all these things. I'm not saying they're bad, but the thing was, is just, God was saying to me, stop trying to parent her through your own self eyes. He says, this is my child and I have got a particular call on her life. So you, Jono, you need to die to self. And you need to allow me to teach you how to parent this child because your next child is gonna be very different. And I thought about that. Like if I went down my path of parenting and then the next one and did it again, I'll have these carbon copies. But I don't want carbon copies because God didn't create carbon copies. He created uniqueness. And what he's saying is I draw from me. Surrender your ideas and ask of me, not how am I gonna do this, but God, what do you want for her life? What future plan do you have for her life that I need to draw from you to equip her for your future? Because it's about God and it's about his redemptive story, not about my journey. And it changed my perspective. See, dying to self is for all areas of our life because God wants us to experience what? Life and life to the full. And I wanna finish with Philippians 2, 6 to 11 and the band can come and join me because this is the saviour we have. Listen to this. Listen to the ultimate dad he is. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. We're talking about the king here. Gave up his divine privileges. He's still holy. He's still God. But yet he took the humble position of a slave and he was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, what did he do? He humbled himself in obedience to God. And what did he do? He died a criminal's death on the cross. That was for you, that was for me. He died a criminal's death for me. Therefore God elevated him to the place of the highest honour. And he gave him the name that is above all names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, and guess what, under the earth. And that every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, I don't know about you this morning. You might be fearful to let go of things because it's scary stepping out in faith, but this is what God wants to say to us. He loves to hold you through the storms. He loves to listen to your hurts. He loves to listen to your questions, your dreams, your passions, your joys. He takes great delight in your very first steps, even if they're horrifically wobbly. He loves to marvel at when you finally master a skill set. He loves to take you outside and show you his creation because this is the God that we have. He's not a distant God, but he's a God who is for you and not against you. He wants to show you life and life to the full. And this is why church is calling us to die to self and to take up our cross daily and follow him.
we're going to pray. We're going to do that. I want to pray for us. So I'm going to ask everyone in this place to stand. If you're able to do that. In a moment, we're going to respond to God. We're going to sing a song. But just as we close our eyes, I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to search your heart and be like, God, point out any offensive way in me so then I can begin to heal in that area. Maybe for you this morning, you're here and you never realise God loves you. He's not angry at you. But he's calling you to give up doing it your way and come to him for forgiveness. Stop trying to earn your salvation. Just accept it. And so this morning, if that's you, just in your heart, I'm just going to ask you to say, God, I accept you. Jesus, I accept your forgiveness. I've walked my own path. I've done it my own way, but now I come to you and I ask for your forgiveness and I accept your forgiveness. And now show me how to walk in the way everlasting. And then I want to pray for us as a church. Lord God, teach us to be a church that continues to die to self, Lord. We celebrated 28 years of your faithfulness. Lord, uh, we would pray for more of that, Lord God. As soon as self creeps in, it becomes about us and the blessing falls. But Lord, if we come to you in your grace and mercy, well, that's what we ask. Lord, show us how to be humble. Show us how to follow in the footsteps of you and deny self and follow you because grace and mercy and life and freedom and forgiveness is found in Christ and Christ alone. In Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna worship. We're gonna ask God to do that right now. If you want prayer, you come forward. If you're at home, you can respond to Jesus through the platform you're on or you can email in and one of our team would love to pray for you guys. But let's worship. Powerful words that we're just singing then. And uh, if you're tuning in this morning online, you're here in the auditorium, and you know God's been speaking to you. Maybe for the first time, surrendering to Jesus, you can click on that respond to Jesus button. If you're here in the auditorium, come us know we'd love to help you on your journey give you a Bible gift pack if you came with someone just tell them hey I want to go I want to find out more about that if you like prayer this morning as well if you're online click on that prayer button there prayerabridgement.org.au we'd love to pray for you if you're here come down the front afterwards we'd love to pray for you as well but let me ask God just to bless today as we conclude our time together Heavenly Father we thank you for your great love your incredible love for each and every person every person watching online every person here this morning from the youngest to the oldest, you love with a, an incredible love, Lord. I love what we can't comprehend fully, but it's true, great God. We know it's true. And so I want to ask now for your blessing, Lord. Bless each one here for this day, Lord. This week ahead, Lord, may they be aware that you're with them, that you're for them, Lord, that we can turn to you, great God. And Lord, you're a God of incredible mercy and kindness when we will turn to you, great God. And so, Lord, bless now we pray. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for sharing with us today. Don't forget our 6 p.m. live stream tonight, 4 p.m. service here on site as well. But God bless you. Have a great Father's Day. Look forward to connecting again soon. Well, thanks for joining with us for our service today. If you sense God speaking to you, we'd love to help you on the journey of faith. You can reach out to us by emailing hello at bridgman.org.au or if you have a prayer need, don't forget to email us at prayer at bridgman.org.au and we'd love to pray for you. Thanks so much for sharing with us today and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.